Hi, my name is Sean Farrell, and you're listening to Flounder's B Team, where we talk soccer, more specifically Sounders soccer. In 2004, 30 years after the birth of the Seattle Sounders, a crack podcast was sent to prison by a federal court for a crime in the These men and women promptly, eventually, escaped from the minimum security luxury prison to go on Today, still wanted by the Timbers Army for dropping crime in front of Joe, they survive as supporters of fortune. If you need a hot take, if no one else can help you, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the Flounders Beat. I am Tim Hamilton, and welcome to the Flounders B podcast. Something uh, like that, anyway. You joined by anyone today? <laughs> yeah, okay. Start with you. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> hey, my name is Sean Farrell, and uh, you're listening to the pilot episode of the huh. Flounders B team podcast. Yeah, we haven't been picked up yet by any <laughs> networks. <laughs> That's right. That's All right, so let's right. start at uh, 12 o'clock. Hey, how you doing? I'm uh, Steve Kettleson. I'm at 12 o'clock. I'm the engineer for this lovely enterprise we're engaging in. Do you have a Twitter handle or anywhere? I am at Podfish on Twitter. Uh, some of you may know me if you're listening. Otherwise, uh, love to get to know you. My name is Tim Hamilton, uh, a.k.a. the Muffin Top Model. I am at 3 o'clock, and to my left at 6 o'clock is... I'm Callum Scott, and this is the Flounders Team Podcast, and you can get my Twitter handle at Callum underscore OG. I don't know if I'm comfortable giving out my Twitter handle, so... Oh, yeah, because it's so personal. It's not your DNA. It is personal. Maybe you'll have to tune in next week to get it. (laughs) Okay. Both of you, (laughs) tune in. Thanks, Mom. All right, start things off. Uh, We are a Sounders-specific podcast. We're going to obviously roll off the tracks from time to time. We will get off course. But um, we would like to first talk about... uh, Let's talk about Houston. We have a problem. Yeah, we have a problem. They hate that down there, by the way. I have a buddy from Houston, and every time a sports team goes bad, that's like the the opposing newspaper title. Well, and that fun- original guys. Oh, I know. They hate it. Anyways. No, no, no. Funny that you mentioned that. The reason we came up with the Flounders B team is because we're trying to self-deprecate. We're trying to take all of your ammunition away from you. We're like, we're Flounders. Yeah. We know that. That's why we call us the Flounders B team. flat bottom feeding we're the B team because we're not the A team. Good. Sorry. Right. So, uh, who watched the game? Any hot takes? I think we all watched the game. Besides, no, we all watched maybe the game. one. We all watched the game. Put the finger away. <laughs> the finger away. What are your hot takes? Uh, I was hoping that we would come out better, but we started really rough, slow. Couldn't complete passes. It's like we trained on turf and then played on grass. The ball was not moving the way I wanted to. Slow. Yeah. Slow pitch. You know, one thing is odd, uh, <clears throat> not that you can take the preseason too much a grain of salt, but I kind of figured that our offense would come out possibly a little out of sync because, you know, they haven't played together for so many minutes. But the defense, I've never seen so terrible spacing between Roman, Chad, um, Rolled on before in those in those first 45, crazy bad spacing out there. Uh, I mean, just obviously leading to the Golazo though by what was that Kyoto? Uh, that was an amazing goal. But just, that's one thing I know is just really bad defensive spacing. I, I felt Joven Jones was quite solid for the full match. 
No, he was good. But Svensson, on the other hand? Svensson, there you go. Gustav Svensson, can you come up with a more <laughs> Swedish name? His name, holy shit. Bork, 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 bork. All right, uh, uh, so we took on a first goal. How'd the first goal happen? How did we get scored on first? Well, you watched. All right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I saw Kubo, the here's gangster Torres. Here's a question. Hasn't scored a goal in two years. Not since Houston. he's been with Chivas. And who His does he score? First goal at Houston. He scores on us with Chivas. He's he, he's a he's, he's he's the only person that scores on us from Chivas, <laughs> other than OG own goal. But uh, so the ball gets balls going floating into the box and and Torres on Torres action. Chad, it's Chad Marshall. No. Yeah, Chad Marshall makes a, I would say an ill-advised tackle. Oh, is that the foul? His, yeah, his back what was, was to goal. Cool. And usually Chad is just slightly more composed. I mean, we obviously we've seen him make some pretty rough tackles. Over I'm thinking the years. of a different free kick. So but uh, I don't think Kubo is the type of player that's going to run circles around Marshall, especially with this back to the goal. And Marshall's so much more physically imposing that I don't know. He didn't really need to do uh, that type of play. At least not in that spot on the field. When you're a pro soccer player and you're anywhere near the box, it's it's almost like a home invasion thing. If if you shoot somebody, you have to pull them into the house so that it looks like you can use the self defense. Anybody that's an attacking player tries to find and stay inside the box. So if there's any contact whatsoever, Texas is a stay in the ground state, right? Is they it? gotta have a home invasion law, right? Texas. Yeah. Well, uh, usually they're looking for any reason to fall down in the box. That wasn't necessarily the case. Uh, it looked like he got the ball first. He, he does that give him carte blanche to go through a player? I don't know. Oh, I, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't. I mean, I think it was you know maybe a, a little bit of a light foul. If anything, it probably was a penalty because I think the contact happened within the within the box. But Josilovice from Chad being a little over aggressive on a player like that, um, maybe like a Kyoto or someone who's a little faster, where you might have to do an all out. Like you, like you said, back to goal. I don't yeah. really. I hate those. The only thing I hate worse than that is when uh, guys like Jovinko, you know, your your goalie's coming out and then he pushes the ball so hard to get past the goalkeeper that there's no way he's going to get it. Yet he manages to drag his feet and draw contact in the box. That s kills me. I personally, I mean, I don't know if we can really take too much away from the first half because it seemed like kind of these, kind of, you know, I hate when people say. MLS Cup hangover, but a hangover, a type of lack of focus coming out of the preseason, you know, really just kind of coming together. It's it's a lot easier to uh, uh, to come out fresh when you've had 90 days off versus like 60 or 30. Like and a half. Houston's been out since July. A good decent break. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they came out <laughs> flat, and you could see. You could see, no, I mean, our team didn't get pieced together. I mean, how many guys were missing from international duty? Uh, Dempsey, Jordan Morris. Um, Fry. Fry. I mean, he was out. but Marshall. Nah. No, but they went into camp. They had no break. I mean, December 10th to what, January 15th? That's a long season. I'm nodding my head. Four weeks off. Home. That's crazy. Well, speaking about Fry, what about his positioning on the goal? A lot of people on Twitter were bagging ripping on him. on him, and I... Uh, I'm a goalkeeper apologist. Oh, yeah, there you go. You know what? You're the expert in this. You should give your take. All right, watching the thing over and over, it looks like... It looks like... I mean, I'm guessing that Jordan Moore sees the ball coming right at him and gets the F out of the way. He kind of does one of these things, like Matrix. Bit. Um, 
for those of you watching at home, I'm pulling a matrix move where I'm just ducking out of the way of the ball coming to my face. Why well, isn't I, it's also like a perfectly set plan when you have the dynamo player in the wall. In the wall. And it, by the way, did anyone else notice how huge that wall was? Oh, there was like seven players. Yeah. And then not that's not including the, the dynamo like seven players. sounders. Yeah. And then a dynamo. Yeah. Player. Yeah, they should lock arms and not let anyone else in the wall. But then you, you there's plenty. And that's another thing. Do not. If I'm setting a wall, I'm a goalkeeper, by the way, for those of you that are watching at home. I'm a goalkeeper, and if you're going to be a wall, be a freaking wall. Your purpose in life is to stop the ball, make the ball go around you. But I'm, I'm sticking up my hand, at, uh, for those of you at home, I'm going to say that a million times. See how wide my hand is? That's a wall. That's a human person. You're two feet wide, unless you're Flacco. But if you're Flacco, and you stick your foot out, and you turn sideways... How wide am I now? How much of the goal am I taking up? I go from taking up two feet to probably seven or eight inches because he could freaking fax himself to the next stadium. So another thing, the Dynamo player, you know, as a design play, got out of the wall, created that space. The ball went through that little space. You have, you got to lock arms or something so that... With the Dynamo player? Lock arms with the t- your own team. Yeah, but the, di- the ball went through where the Dynamo player was standing. He got out of the... Like, it was this, a set... Oh, so he was on the outside of the wall. No, he was... He was between, on the ins- He was between two sounders. He moved. Kubo but then the I would still be behind that guy. I know. And so as a goalie, how do you come into that situation? Obviously, there's lots of players who are standing on the wall. The Dynamo players in the yeah. middle of their moves. I mean, where do you position yourself? I position the wall to take away the near post. And then I kind of stand towards the far post. So if I, it was Fright, I believe he was cheating to the his cheating. right. He was he was cheating to his right. Yeah. But it does it takes absolutely no effort whatsoever. I mean, it, it takes a lot of effort to once you pick that foot up and you start leaning, it's really really hard to change your direction and go back. Granted, the save he got his feet down and then was able to push off to go and get that ball from you mean Toronto. The, the oh, save. Do oh, I even need to? The, the save. Uh, <laughs> okay, by the way, I am now anointing Stefan Fry, uh, Mr. Steal Your Goal. <laughs> and I will find a way to make a poster. Do you and, write these down beforehand? Oh, I, and I, I sound, I, there's a, have a Rolodex. There's a, there's a song that starts out, oh, it's Mr. Steal Your Goal. Oh, it's Mr. Steal Your Goal. That's not even Chris Breezy. Oh, bottoms up is what it's called, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. I Please personally, your from I personally believe that Fry didn't see that ball come through until it was a little too late. Yeah, he was. Because other people called it a howler, but I, yeah, he was leaning one way, but I don't think he saw it, even though the ball went near him. But yeah. but I just uh, it's quite frustrating because he's you could see the ball take off in the air, and obviously it's going to his left. But he's already made the decision to go to the right, and then he sees his mistake and backtracks and then goes to the left. And just how close he was to the ball. I think he'd already made up in his mind to go in your post. But That's it, why he's he, guessing all, all yeah, the way, right? He probably didn't have a clear line of sight unless he had a couple of players split just to give him a chance to see the ball. But, okay. So that sucks. That was well, let's not goal. take away how good Cubo Torres is, by the way. He is he's a Sounders killer. Even when he was playing with Chivas, he kept getting goals. Whether they're penalties, he kept putting them away. And we also have never won in yeah. the city of Houston. We yep. have won in Houston. 
The last nope. year we and they've tied with last really, second. Really, pretty subpar for the last couple of years. Hmm. I don't know if this is one of the stadiums, the only stadium we have one in, except for Atlanta and Minnesota. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's one of them. All right. Uh, what happened in the second goal? Uh, Roman Torres, I would say, is the. Uh, let's let's back. Let's go to the first place where we lost the ball. Where did we lose the ball, and then who was out of position? And I'm pretty sure it was on a counter, correct? And then they so Roldan and Alonso is more to the his right or his left, sorry. And then Roldan was should have been pushing towards Kyoto. Didn't really pressure Kyoto, so Kyoto goes past him, and then it's then fallen on Svensson and also Torres to then pressure him because then Roldan should overlap to cover whoever's pressuring Kyoto and then Kyoto opens up and shoots it and scores a wonderful goal. Goal of the week, uh, no doubt. No yeah. one's getting to that ball. Yeah. No, 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 I just, ugh, I it's, hate, you know, it's I hate funny. that it happened. Both goals were uh, Sounders turnovers. I believe one was Jordan Morris, and yeah. I think the other one was Roldan. Both both passes. Dempsey was the last one to touch it, but it was like. But both like so, so Gustav. I don't think was in the area because he was already bombing down down that right side. So you had Torres and Ozzy not knowing who to take. But someone was already out on the left, so Roldan or uh, Roman couldn't go out and cover the guy out there. They didn't. I mean, like I said, it was just this really weird. Uh, that they weren't in sync, like talking there, and there had to be what five, seven yards of space, maybe between. Uh, I believe it was Kyoto and the Kyoto and the and Torres. Insane yeah. amount of space out there, just no closing down. And all Torres was really doing was just backtracking. Yeah. When he should have. Well, he, he. I mean, they both turned to Alonzo right after they yeah. like, shrugged their shoulders yeah. and threw their arms there. They didn't know what what page they're on. Like, who's well, supposed to cover who? I'm supposed to stand in this spot. Uh, because we had the ball and we were advancing, everyone was taking off to go and get into their spaces, and you know, then we turned the ball over on, on a crappy heavy touch or bad trap by Dempsey, and we're going the other direction. So now we're down to nothing at halftime. Any takeaways from halftime? Anything that worked well, or is this just a half that you want to flush down the toilet? It could have been a lot worse. There is. <laughs> we were taking on. Fry made like three yeah. great yeah. saves. Maybe save of the week. <laughs> yeah. Generally, you don't get saved when you don't win the match, right? I don't know. Is I that how know. they? Is that how they vote? You can get man of the match on a losing team, right? Yeah. For your own team. No, I'm gonna pick a New England Revolution player. What do you mean? Agudelo. Each team gets their own man of the match. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm just. Yeah. Huh, interesting. I didn't know that. But that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Well, it's the only save that really happened. I mean, did we force... Uh... Derek made a ton... I mean, it was a tale of two halves. You had 15 shots, 12 shots. What was it, like five or seven on yeah. goal for the Dynamo? And then you flip around in the second half where we had the exact opposite. You know, we had 12 shots like front. Tyler Derek made a couple of great saves. It was unfortunate that we couldn't get two uh, in. And if anyone else... But Roman Torres was standing in the box for that last second. Well, he was at the penalty spot. He, he was at the penalty the spot. <laughs> I think he was just around the penalty spot. Oh, God, has that thing even landed yet? 
Oh, all right, that was the first half. Uh, second half starts. Uh, somebody just got their butthole ripped open, I guess, the whole team. I don't know. What, what do you think the, uh, the, the, the coach's conversation was uh, at halftime? Well, I don't see Bueller. Schmetz is really uh, the yelling Fiery. type. I see him as quite modest, so I think he kind of just was maybe let's calm down. It is a first match, a first half that really maybe we've all had together as a team. And uh, let's get the finger out and be more attacking. And, I mean, yeah, we're playing away from home, but it was just uh, its quite an embarrassing first half from the, well, MLS champions. Yeah, I'll take that half versus Houston over the half versus Portland because it's like a tree falling in the forest. Nobody, Nobody saw that two goals. I mean, what? Population? Yes. Who was in that stadium? 12, well, reported was, you're not going to believe it, but 20 plus. No. I mean, those are probably tickets sold. Yeah, tickets distributed, including it, it was, all the it was Boys and Girls Club and the pet. 63 oh, degrees, yeah, yeah, okay? Yeah. Come 60, on. Exactly. That's oh. probably, that's the worst part. I mean, normally we're, you know, we're sweating before we even get out the out of the bus. But it was 60 degrees and kind of wet. I will take any game in Texas that's not in July and August. We were set up to win and we failed. That's so. not a... A very improved second half, though. Yeah. Definitely. We... Well, we were connecting passes. We got our space. We kind of figured out how to, to slow down their, their wingers. And we realized that if, if we can just get past their... Their front three will have all kinds of room to play with before we get into their, you know, what's it? S- Central attack cam? Is that what CAM stands for? Central attack. Central attacking midfield. Yeah. You know, it seemed like what was it? Seventy-five percent of our offense ran, or at least in the final third, ran down <clears throat> the wings, mostly through Joven Jones. And I was like, uh, it, it seemed to me like Dynamo really clogged kind of the midfield, pushing that around. I mean, Ozzy and Roldan obviously didn't have their best, best, best games, but uh, everything kind of ran down the wing, which was fine, you know, because Gustav and actually Jones put in really great, great crosses. But uh, that was the only way we could really attack, and they're setting us up to, you know, attack that way. I also thought Houston really pulled back in the second half. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to take anything from the Sounders; like they totally bossed the second half. But the, I mean, Houston definitely wasn't pressing. I mean, they right. pressed. You got a two high goal lead. The first. Yeah, and you know the high press and the running you know, it, it could tire people out. If you, I mean, who's who's ninety minutes fit besides Dempsey? <laughs> uh, Nico can run for days. Yeah. yeah. Well, apparently Gustav Svensson said he could run for days. Hey, how do you? Uh, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but I want to. How do you feel about the subs that Schmetzer used? And especially leaving one down, down a goal, leaving one on the bench. Oh, he only, he only used two subs. <laughs> so who went, oh, okay. So no, he used all three. In. He used all three. He used all three. Who went up top? Bruin. Bruin. And a Wingo. Bruin and Wingo. came in for, I believe, Flacco. Wingo came oh. in for Gustav. Yeah. He didn't use three. I was looking up on the TV and, and like, our dots disappeared. 
Unless I'm wrong, pretty sure. Well, hey, anybody else? Anybody knows of anybody else that got on the field? Well, I'm just curious, like, what you think. Interesting subs to me on the UC2. I'm never, I'm kind of weird, but I'm never a fan of leaving subs on the bench if you're down. Well, yeah, we're not going into overtime, so why leave it? For the PKs. Yeah, for the PKs. Or for the extra time. we got to make sure we're fresh. It's kind of a pet peeve of mine, honestly. Siggy did it a lot. Uh, I honestly don't really know Schmetzer's style all that much, other than just our little semi-small sample size from, you know, the last... Yeah half year and so far he's built up some cred but who would you have put in who would you have replaced you, you, you want I called both subs actually as I was you know watching the game I go uh, well obviously put in Bruin you, you need to put, put in Bruin. a striker you gotta and put you in want Bruin, to put Bruin in just and because uh, it's against his former team you know I didn't think Flacco he wasn't terrible but I just thought he was a little in a you know not as effective um, and I would have liked to see Ship. I, I know he's probably not fit. So Wingo coming in is interesting because I know he's had a pretty decent preseason. But, you know, a new signee guy, and Schmetzer didn't play any young guys last year. You know, we were starting to... We had no wiggle room. <laughs> you put the young guys in when you have a comfortable lead or when this is a throwaway game or when you're playing a back-to-back Sunday, Wednesday or something. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can fill around. You're trying to shake something loose that's new that you haven't seen yeah. before. That, I mean, you're down already. You're probably at this point not going to win the match. You want to bring something in just to shake something loose. It's early season. We're all trying to get into form. Yeah. We're not in form yet. I don't know. To hey. me, you bring that uh, you bring that extra you bring that extra youth in early, get some energy, and yeah, bring in the third sub, man. Bring in Harry Shub. I, I love playing the young guys. I was saying it last year, like I'd rather see Tony Alfaro out there yeah. than Zach Scott in the 18 every time. Uh, I'm, and I and I was just so surprised. I didn't know Wingo. I, I definitely was would see him in the 18 this year, but I'm really surprised that he's getting into games week one as opposed to a proven MLS veteran like Ship, who maybe maybe hurt, but and not fully fit. Yeah, he did have an ankle. Yeah, and he's been recovering from that. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I kind of miss Oleks Anderson. I was hoping that they would have been able to, you know, bring him up. Hey, he's that that wild card, that run and you quickest distance or shortest distance between two points is a straight line, and he's going to goal. He's yeah. a little clumsy. Sometimes he forgets the ball. Sometimes he loses his his country's flag, falls out of his pants while he's playing. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, he's not on the team. No, and he's hope done. hey. Best of wishes to him. I hopefully he recovers fully from a, I believe, a torn ACL. Oh, well, I don't know yeah. if any of you guys watched the preseason matches at all, but from well, you have Svensson who's playing as your right back, and Harry Wingo for the full preseason was playing as a defensive mid. So it's quite questionable when you're taking out a right back when you're two one down in the 85th minute and putting in Harry Wingo when. Maybe the more visible option would be Harry Ship. Well, oh, that's what I'm exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, Winko played defensive mid at UW, then comes to the Sounders, um, is now playing played D mid, played right back, and played either winger or striker all in the preseason, and actually looked really good against lower competition uh, in that forward role. So I like it's interesting. This guy's like six two. You know, fast, has decent touch touch abilities, you know, shooting technique. But I would have liked to see the proven guy than bringing on Wingo just in that in that scenario. But I, I'm all for, I'm loving youth movement. Hmm. 
So and that's what's gonna that's what's going to make the team more profitable and we'll be able to uh, you know keep younger guys longer, sell them off and is Wingo the potentially next Yedlin? <laughs> next no, I, player? <laughs> I don't not, see him at right back. Well, obviously not as right back, but I mean, is he the next young player from the Sounders to maybe make the hop overseas as a youth player that's went through the ranks as Yedlin did? I, I, for me, it would be, I would look at it as, uh, I don't know if you're familiar, if you're a huge baseball fan, but I look at Wingo as like you're looking at the minor league prospect report, and I put him at number one of like youth prospects. Uh, I mean, I know he's 20, 2021. He's not like a Jake Morris. These guys who are like 16, 17 already playing, which I would probably put pretty high up there. But I mean, he's definitely like, he's someone to watch out, I, I do think, for this year. That's why I love him in the 18. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how he develops. I, I personally couldn't say whether he'd play overseas or not, but I, th- I do think he's a person to watch for the season. I, I didn't get to watch him a lot of preseason. I tried to stream as much as I could, but it wasn't pretty. No. Oh yeah, I the, like the him. first I, half I really, versus ATL. I like him. You know, he he's good on paper and he looks good in real life. I mean, he's got the stats. Well, the, the physical physicality. I mean, it's great. The time I watched, well, the preseason matches I watched, each time that he came in as a sub, his distribution of the ball was, I mean, better than almost anyone we had on the field at that moment. I'd say he's probably could distribute the ball a lot better than your like Alonzo who's maybe more the shorting passing but Wingo was I mean playing balls across the field up the field from our defensive half and was I mean dead accurate he plays very confident uh, and I love that about him like you can't just teach confidence for a guy to just walk out on the field he goes out there like he's already been there it's awesome to have that I mean I think Yedlin to a certain extent had that once he came up a lot of person who doesn't have that, you know, who's not apprehensive about going into challenges or, you know, moving forward. You know, it's like that scene from Something About Mary where uh, before he went out on a date, he, you know, has, has all the confidence now. He's got nothing to worry about. All right. <laughs> I hope that didn't happen because I think Paul's it's accurate. I think that's illegal. The mood. <laughs> Public. What? Is that illegal? <laughs> I don't know. I've seen people throw up on the field or in the wastebasket before. I don't know. Or eat a hand sandwich from the pub, oh, <laughs> from the press box. <laughs> that was a pie. That was a meat pie. And I'm talking. I'm, I'm talking about Chad Barrett eating that sandwich and having a Coca-Cola. First of all, professional <laughs> athletes drinking a Coca-Cola. <laughs> come on, you got to stay fit. Oh come on, professional athletes. Back in the day, would like smoke at halftime. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was your favorite? Uh, just kind of uh, uh, an abrupt segue here. But did anybody have a favorite moment from the from the Zach Scott match? You guys can. Uh, my favorite moment was when uh, Zach Scott's son scored a penalty. That was quite exciting. I thought that was very exciting for him. Now, it's uh, pretty cool to watch the. Uh, other advance also you know, it's just really just staring down the five defenders as they're back that just very frightening that little three foot two. What about uh super Nate Jake was scoring a hat trick? Should we sign him up again or <laughs> still got it. I mean he we could have maybe used him on Saturday but <laughs> yeah, he played for Houston. He's like a four star skiller on FIFA so could be worth it. <laughs> Uh, I'm curious what that guy's doing. 
All right. Playing uh, testimonials around the country. <laughs> yeah, Sammy Ochoa testimonial. Take takeaways from the game. It's 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 a throwaway game. If we're not last place in the first week of August, we really got nothing to worry about. Exactly. We start at the bottom, and now we're here. We're pretty disaster. That's my perspective. All right. So, okay. Well, do we have the chance to, to take a break, or should we just? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'd say let's go ahead and take a break. Uh, I'd like to thank you for listening to the Flounders BT podcast. We'll be right back. So we'll first start off with. Uh, Apologizing for your total handle. Let's start oh yeah, with that. Sorry. Callum it's the only thing more embarrassing OG. than my own. Callum underscore OG, as an original gangster. Yes. Oh, I was oh. confused. Anyways, so the first match we'll go with is uh, Portland versus Minnesota. Uh, a 5 1 smashing for Portland. Uh, I found this result uh, very predictable almost, coming that Minnesota has, well, no DPs, and uh, one of their most productive players that spent uh, on loan to Club Leon out of Mexico, uh, Michael Ibarra, who came off the bench. I mean, he's probably Minnesota's best player. but. Were they? Can I throw out? How does that happen? Were they punishing him for something? Brand new team in the league, right? How do we get into a space where the league allows a team not to have any designated players to begin with? Like, what is going on with the the expansion draft? What is going on with? What does that? What does that look like? How did that happen? Do you? You're saying they should be required to have a DP? Well, I. I'm not saying that they should be required to have a DP, but it seems like if they're just using standard salary cap players, we might have they might be at a at a distinct disadvantage not having a strong fan base, not having a you know well, an infrastructure to support them, not having the ability to kind of bring that hype. I don't did know, we a, have an a odd perspective? They changed. I swear they just changed the the rules this last year because I don't think Atlanta did an expansion draft. Did yeah. they? Did we yeah. lose? I know we lost Mir. It was a little different, <laughs> I think we just it, but he it. was on a free. Yeah. But uh, it was not the same expansion draft that the Sounders and a couple teams right. after that yeah. had to go through. It was uh, a little different. So we weren't in danger of really losing a whole lot of players, maybe like oh, one. Yeah, well, that's all we could do is lose one. Yeah, but moving forward, there probably won't be an expansion draft no. ever again now that these teams will build their academies just probably two to three years before they come into existence. But uh, I mean, I like your point where a team 
and you see this in uh, other cap sports where they might have like a minimum a minimum cap. But I think for Minnesota that they wanted to tie into their history where they saw, like, they took bits and pieces what they see was very successful. They weren't as ambitious as Atlanta who went in and took a full NFL backing ownership group. Where they went in and, t- and connected their past from their NASL and USL days, hence pulling in Ibarra, but really not stretching the pocketbook that much to bring in maybe a, uh, you know, a returning U.S. member or a foreign player. So this might feel more like a uh, a championship to Premier League promotion kind of deal. Yeah, because they tried to keep their identity. Okay. But do you think that is Adrian Heath's decision, or is it the board's decision? Because you almost kind of feel bad for Heath uh, while starting off with Orlando and doing absolutely terrible there. Oh, uh, even and Orlando switching over to. I think it's over. a difference in organizations. You saw Orlando automatically bringing in, you know, Kaka. your Beckham type player. Yeah, bringing in Kaká. But where Minnesota, they've they've had this vision in place for a couple years. Yeah, um, Keith was one of the last additions to the team. But they're going about it. Uh, you know, they're any other year we'd say if if Atlanta had been the most ambitious team coming into the season. You probably would even have this type of talking point in Minnesota saying, here's your standard expansion team. They've got these great players in place. Uh-huh. they got the fans that are working on the stadium. They have, everything is going right uh, from an expansion viewpoint. It just happens to be that on all aspects of an expansion team, Atlanta is absolutely blowing them out of the water in all regards. I'm jealous. And Except for results. Well, I'm not going to lie. I'm a hater. You almost have to like have the feels for Minnesota. I mean... Their first MLS match, and they're going away to maybe the best atmosphere in the That's MLS. The Tough place to play. That's for on sure. the schedule. You're you're throwing a, a freaking baby bunny to a chainsaw. You you, you just whatever. Look they at, don't look at any their, their loon, and then throw it a chainsaw at it. Jesus, they needed to play at bring Portland to Minnesota. Bring somebody to Minnesota so they can at least get a little bit going. That's a, a great point. Momentum. Both expansion teams probably should ho- open at home, yeah. just from an optics perspective. I, I for one, and this might be a greater MLS discussion, uh, but I don't understand why the MLS doesn't view optics maybe as importantly as you know your other bigger leagues. Sometimes it's good, but sometimes... Well, who's, who's in charge of that kind of level of... Of psychological marketing, I guess? Uh, well, it starts with scheduling. As we know, we are right. literally the last on the totem pole. Baseball comes out a year ahead. Like, yeah. they already know, or 18 months ahead, they already know their schedule. Obviously, unfortunately, we have to, we play in the spring and summer, so we have to schedule ours around, you know, three major sports. Um, the, the Sounders, unfortunately, have to go around, around the Seahawks, too. So mm. I think that's a little bit of a... Uh, restriction on that part but if you're going to open up the season you could easily do what they have been doing for the last few years is having the Wednesday night kickoff and then you know the rest of the season starts on that weekend I mean I'm pretty sure the last few years the Sounders have always been a a middle of the week as they get the game on you know ESPN national TV feature yeah yeah but uh, I, I don't know you know I would want you know if I'm league marketing I'd want you know like Atlanta that looked amazing on TV right and we can get into that a little bit, but it pull. If you're a viewer, doesn't that pull you in automatically to see fifty-five thousand people? In Were the they afraid stadium? that Minnesota just wasn't going to represent? They have eleven thousand, you know, uh, season ticket holders. Uh, 
I think we're seeing every game this weekend was well attended from, I mean, look at L.A., Dallas. That was a full stadium. Colorado was a full stadium. Houston wasn't. I don't know what's going on there, whether whether it might have been bad, but, you know, 55,000. Portland, obviously, is going to bring it. Houston it was great. Dallas, it was great across the board. Um, and, you know, you could have a – I'm pretty sure they're playing in, what, Minnesota, uh, the – the well, Gopher okay. Stadium, you could easily get 30000 into their opening game, and it would have looked good on TV. It is early March. It's and pretty early. Maybe, maybe that had something to do with it. A little that. chilly. That probably is. You're prob- well, you know what? I don't know. Lundin I don't know. Lunch, longitude, latitude, if no we're any different. It's fucking, oh, sorry, We've language. had more snow in Seattle it's, than Minneapolis oh, had God, this winter, by the way. Day. I would doubt it. Sorry about the language, kids. All right, so what's the next matchup on the docket there? So the next match is FC Dallas versus the Galaxy, where Dallas snuck away with a 2-1 win. Snuck Maybe away? Not snuck, but... Snuck away? Uh, well, it's the only road team that won this week. Yeah. Uh, Dallas looks like the best team in MLS, honestly. Easily. And they didn't even have their A squad. Kellen Acosta is... What a player. He's amazing. Uh, the was, defense? Oh, sorry. You go ahead. So, like... Uh, I was just browsing Reddit, and I was uh, reading an FC Dallas post. You read the and articles on Reddit? Of course. They're actually, some of pictures. them are quite interesting. <laughs> but uh, someone brought up the question, uh, what are we going to do if we lose, well, Kellen Acosta? And or the reply was, nothing. Uh, our MLS Academy for FC Dallas is, I'd say, the best in the MLS. I agree. Maybe... The whole American contents up there, up there. If you just look at this game uh, in a vacuum, or at least look at their last two weeks, this is a team did a full preseason. Um, I think they played pretty decently, but they just had their CCL matchups. Mm. No hangover whatsoever. Came into this game on the road in L.A., which uh, historically has been a very tough place to play. Yeah. I mean, LA's Galaxy only, only had one. one loss all of last year. Now they've equaled that total. Yeah. Uh, and they didn't have their A squad out there. I mean, maybe A minus, but still. And then they're just bringing this offense and in, in depth off the bench, controlling the game. Their defense was so organized. Uh, and I, I think the Galaxy are pretty are a pretty solid team. They're going to be a little different than last year under Bruce. But it was amazing to see Dallas come out so composed on offense, defense. Like they looked like a super club out of the MLS. And I really hope that they can continue on their CCL. Success, yeah, hopefully. But what about uh, the one and only uh, Mr. Ziggy being in attendance for the match? Uh, oh, yeah, he lives in LA. Well, yeah. apparently, Kurt Anolfo's like coming in already on the hot seat. Is Ziggy maybe? I know it's really early doors, but is Ziggy maybe it's a hot take? The one for a hot to, seat. Yeah, he's been there once, he won the championship, yeah, fired him. and it looks like uh. Bob Bradley's going to get the LAFC job, which Ziggy wanted. So where did you see that? All on the internet, baby. Yeah, yeah. On the Reddit's. I haven't heard. I haven't heard. On the line. Well, he didn't take the Norway job that he was offered. Would you rather have Bob Bradley at LAFC or is Ziggy? He was already um, in LAFC. Well, it was Chivas USA at the time. If Chicharito goes to the say LAFC, which oh, he's supposedly. Man. Can we just buy that guy? And just for jersey sales alone. <laughs> I mean, if if we hey, if we had Chicharito, the stadium would be an all full he'll, stadium every day, all day. He'll be day, one of the few day. players that actually moves ticket sales. 
Hey, what? Oh, Latinos will rally. Sorry. They will. I won't even make any jokes about it. They will show. They come to every every Club America, every uh, every game. I mean, they'll come and play. Mexico will be playing like southeastern Papua New Guinea, and they will fill that stadium. That's just what they do. They they support them. Speaking of support, and I move on to that Orlando oh, NYCFC game. Yeah, twenty five thousand opening match. That stadium looks and, remarkable. Uh, well safe standing section which is I mean you don't see that well anywhere in MLS and uh our 100 level stands I don't know what you're talking about yeah but we have seats at ours you know kind of uh inconvenient but for like instance Celtic Parkhead in Scotland they just ha- uh made Can a you play soccer you didn't know that <laughs> they just built a safe standing section which is brilliant so that's where you stand and wear a condom at the same time I think so. I practice safe standing. We're getting fast and loose in the fun half here. <laughs> but uh, a slight victory for Orlando. No cup holder. Kaka off injured in the they first. They do have cup holders. Sorry, they do have cup holders. They have a safe smoking section too. For smoke bombs for vapes. flares oh. for vapes. <laughs> Sorry. No, not just take a cigarette. Not for vapes. No, that game was great. I well, Kaka goes off injured in the first ten minutes, and then uh, the new acquiree from Vancouver, Giles Barnes, oh, yeah. uh, probably the first touch of the match, it sends it right over, and uh, Sile Lauren just bangs her right in. Okay, is it Giles and Kyle? Are you doing this on purpose? Is it Giles Barnes or Giles Barnes? Giles. Okay. And it's Sile, I'm pretty sure. Kyle. Kyle? Uh, oh, he's Canadian. So yeah, it's, it's Kyle. Giles band band? Zamboni. How does that work? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I mean to bust your chops. <laughs> but no, Orlando represented. They filled their stadium. The stadium looks great. The grass looks great. The atmosphere is good. So let's... Let's tip hey, our caps to them. And kudos let's to that D uh, keeping NYC out of the net. I mean, tons of... St- Offense attacking on that team, so yeah, we don't know I'm kind of surprised by them keeping a clean sheet, honestly. Oh, speaking of, we were talking about a fellow sounder that was uh, going to be playing for New York, weren't we? What's his Sean name? O'Coley? Yeah. Scored a Galazzo in preseason down yes. in Ecuador. I, that was actually really fun to watch. That stadium is crazy down I there. But. Well, that was their opening match as well, I'm pretty sure, wasn't it? That's what it's I a heard. Pre- so they were the team in Ecuador were opening their stadium oh, as well. Oh, new stadium, yeah. So Patrick Vieira, the New York City FC coach, was like, "That's perfect for going into Orlando." I gotta say, I was kind of a hater when he came on board because I wasn't sure what he could do in the MLS. But what? with his roster, it, you ex- it seems like he's making you know, a strong case for being one of the best coaches to fail. Yeah, he doesn't have there. as much experience. Wait, uh, to fail, definitely not. Well, no, He's I mean, European coaches that come and hit MLS usually just crap their pants. Well, it depends on the coach, right? Um, it's coaches who might not – I mean, we'll see how Tata Martina does. Uh, but if the coach understands the league, you got a great point. I, I, don't, I just don't think they fail across the board. But I think if they understand how the MLS scru- structurally works, then they can work around it. Then I think with tactics and, you know, their little – Jiggering of the of the salary, I think yeah. they could be pretty successful. Like I could see this is going to sound a little weird, but like David Moyes, who's always been under that 
uh, scrutiny at Everton with salary and getting the most out of his players, I could see him possibly being like a good MLS coach candidate. Next Real Salt Lake coach. Yeah, Kassar's on the hot seat, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, we have uh, time for one more. Oh, sorry. Which is uh, the New York Red Bulls away to the new MLS team, Atlanta. New Super Club. Super Club. Super Club. An already Atlanta. best team ever. Well, maybe the best coach in MLS. I'm not buying it. I'm not, not a chance. It. You don't think he so? He doesn't speak English. I watched it. I paused it, rewound it, paused it, rewound it, and I see How him. How dare he? I don't know. Maybe he's got a translator to... <laughs> I well, don't think he speaks English It actually players. seemed like Tyrone Mears was, at a time, translating some of it. There you go. So, maybe... I will say this. Um, this guy managed at Barcelona for, what, one year? And that was, like, the one year they didn't win anything. Yeah. Man. And Still, and it's uh, Barcelona. So, but they didn't win. But they're no Atlanta United. <laughs> Who also didn't win. <laughs> but they did score first in the 25th minute. Uh, they did. It did seem a little interesting. I uh, thought at first maybe they were going to be the new team to come away with the win. But They sure felt that way until the second half started. Yep. Uh, they're still an expansion team. Still an expansion team. Roar has a different uh, different take. But ended 2-1 New York. I'm happy. I want I want expansion teams to suffer. Fail. I really think Minnesota United will be the worst team They'll in the league. I, I, I see 30 points, And they're honestly. in our division. That's great. They're in the West that's, Conference. Uh, that's a win. That's three points. Wins. That's six or nine points. Should be looking to win home and away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, good up for Atlanta, honestly. Nothing but love for what they've been doing over the... The course of and the players they've brought in too has been, we have Kenwin Jones, Joseph Martinez, who used to play for uh, Torino in Italy, Almirion, who seems to be maybe potentially one of the best DP signings this year, if he produces. Yeah, I mean, young DP. I still think there's nothing you can do about uh, you know the top three. You know, Ladero, Jovinko. Thea. Those are my top three. <laughs> In what order? Well, it depends what... you got to clarify. You know, it depends what kind of question. I just think those are probably the three best players. Yeah. Like, I'm like, great, but that's going to be tough for Atlanta to gel out through the year. They're still an expansion team. We'll have to wait and see. All right, we are moving on. So that was last week in MLS. You guys want to talk about this week, or you just want to talk about our opponents? Who are we playing this week? <laughs> <laughs> Montreal. Steak season. The, uh, the Royal Mouth. Semi-finalist for the, well, finalist for the Eastern Conference, but they didn't win the Eastern Conference. <laughs> they didn't even score last week. But, tell you what, we do have uh, about 40,000, 50,000 fans that were rooting for a sounder. Uh, let's move on. I mean, well, I, I, it's the other way around. We were, we were rooting, we were rooting. Today, Junior. Hey, a couple of beers. Blame my concussion. He's drunk again. No, so okay. So Montreal was rooting for Seattle versus Toronto at the end last year, just because that's you know we want our rivals to lose as well. We'll root for anybody that's playing our rivals. What are you looking for? 
Both of you, what are you looking for this week? Actually, this all week. three. I'll include our masterful producer-engineer on this one. I mean, what are you looking forward to seeing I'm in the game? The silence. Um, looking forward to... They're not playing well, at Statsaputo, so they're playing at the Olympic Stadium, which is big, it's carpet. They will probably figure out how to paint the lines by now. Yeah. I find it... I'm just... I would be happy with a point, to be honest. I'd be happy with a point. Uh, I have a strong feeling we're going to go into New York with two losses. Heck no. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but you are wrong. it's a tough place to play in. Uh, Piatti, Oduro, against uh, the not the fastest Chad Marshall or Roman Torres. So Maybe the bulkiest, but... All you got to do is be fast from the 6 to the 18. That's it. You want to see the same lineup out there? No. I would like to see Flacco on the bench and put Harry Ship in. Well, maybe he has something to prove against and his then, team. This is kind of a big shout. I'd also like to see Morris come off the bench and have Bruin start. Maybe get the pace to come in when they're uh, well, Seaman or Simon. Uh, that's for, that's um, Tim's fault. Yeah. <laughs> for Montreal, second-guessing uh, second your pronunciation. The Belgian international, like maybe when he's a little tired, have throw Morris. Can in I there. interject a hot take? Yeah. Uh, going into last year, obviously, right before we started the season, the goal was never to have Jordan Morris be a top eleven player. Agreed. No. As far as playing time, exactly. Uh, unfortunately, he had to start. I wouldn't be surprised. Honestly, if we could use him more as a super sub role. I know Bruin, Ladero, and Dempsey have been connecting fairly decently uh, in preseason. And Bruin, this guy scores multi-goals a season every year, I believe, except for last year. So, I mean, he's a proven goal scorer. Uh, you know what you're getting out of him. just a matter of him ramping up a connection with the Sounders. Would you like to see, uh, probably moving forward, Morris more in that super sub role. Well, maybe Not every week. Well, maybe even if you could also not cancel Harry Ship as well. Maybe play Morris as a winger, like he did for a few matches last season, where he did stand out. He's got the pace. I mean, you put Bruin up top, then you have Morris out on the left, Dempsey in the middle, and then Ladero on the right. Ladero, I mean, all three of those players could easily, I mean, rotate, float, wherever you want to do. I think they could all play. This might beg the question, we might not know what our top, we not know how to work our top four or five attacking players. We might not know the right position for them. I would agree with that. Same. And I, I would also say that um, what I want to see out of this match is a result. I mean, a result is always what we want, but I want to see a little more experimentation, especially, as we said earlier, with the younger players. I want to see Morris in as a super sub, you know, uh, 60th minute, you know, uh, 60th minute plus. I want to see Harry Ship playing. I want to see what that, that guy can do. I want to see the younger players just being in there and getting some rotation, getting some minutes. We need to get some minutes. We need to get match fed. That's what we need to do. And when we play in conference, that's when we need to worry about, uh, that's when we need to worry about the, the frequent results, in my mind. Do you guys married to the 4-2-3-1? No. You want to see a 4-4-2? I can see a 4-4-2. Sweet dreams. You made a beast. Yeah. Who might have disagreed? 
I traveled the world in the seven seas. Everybody's looking for something. You were in Toronto. Some of them want to use you. No, Toronto's badass. Um, no, I would I wouldn't mind seeing a four. I, I'm married to the four four two, just personally, with like a diamond in the back and a diamond in the front. You know, having a stopper sweeper. But no we got two monsters. So, I mean, uh, honestly, it's it's kind of scary. Uh, I mean, I don't want to <laughs> hit the panic button at all, but it's almost like a little embarrassment of riches for offensively because it seems like we have yeah. three or four players literally playing the same position. And if last year we kind of made it work, we had the right players in the right spots. This year, uh, if we see maybe a little um, turbulence or lack of production, I think the first thing people are going to start saying is, these players are being utilized property, properly. We know the talent is there. They're, they're all proven. They've all proved it, except for Morris, even though he blew away expectations in year one. Yeah. Do any of these guys have any kind of defensive midfielder capability? Well, we... I mean, I said I wasn't married to the 4-4-2, or 4-2-3-1, but I do like Ozzy. I do like Ozzy and, uh, and Roldan together. I, no, I, just not last week. I do too. And you know, I think Ozzy's still coming back. And he's coming back from the injury. And Rodon, you know, was Rodon. Some people said he did well. I thought, you know, ball was real choppy. Just didn't move around very well. It'll be interesting to see. Honestly, I hope this is not a, a point though. But interesting to see how Loggerway's vision coincides with Schmetcher's coaching. I mean, I mm. I thought it was a perfect marriage. Obviously, last year we can't complain. You couldn't fire what they the did. guy when he was winning. But what if we were, for instance, to sign, like, uh, Kiyoseki Honda, who's another attacking mid, then we'd have, well... But here's... That's a problem. That I mean, I love—I would like to sign one of the greatest yeah. Japanese players of all time, who's... I mean, I know he hasn't played a lot in Serie A recently, but in this cycle alone, he's for Japan in the World Cup. Qualifying, he scored seven goals. But then again, you know, he plays the same position that... Ladero plays. You have uh, another winger in Ship. Flacco's similar. Dempsey, unfortunately, is playing in the false nine. Yeah, but uh, Morris is that striker, which is great. I mean, I think a lot of people have said on the fact that he's great at getting behind the defenses and obviously very pacey. But uh, but we're signing like five players, yeah. filling like one and a half roles. We need to utilize them better. Figure out, you know, what they're. I mean, I guess where everyone should play, but I just hope we're not saying this maybe five, I, six matches down yeah, the road. Yeah. I mean, it could be a false narrative. Hopefully. All right, what do you expect versus Montreal? Sorry, we're going to predictions. speed this thing up. Yeah, predictions. What do you think? I think uh, we're going to come out like our pants on fire. I'm telling you. They, I think they just got, you know, a bum chewing, and I think they're going to hit the ground running. Now, it is going to be the the Olympic Stadium, so it's going to have probably 50 grand. It's their home opener. But I think we usually do well. I mean, minus the, the Lamar Nagel days, we did well in that stadium. How many players have we actually had play for Montreal at the same time? I mean, how many players have we lost to the Montreal? Wait, who's played? So, let's start with Ship, Lamar Nagel. Who else has played in Montreal? Ship came from Montreal. Cooper. Cooper's played in Montreal. Oh. Just for briefly before he got hurt. And uh, did Facito play in Montreal? 
part no, of the part of the no the uh, did he go with Lamar Nagel when we traded for Eddie Johnson? Maybe. And it's definitely Lamar. Yeah, I thought Facito went too. The muscle hamster. Uh, nice guy. He's just done. Harvard grad. Yeah, he's wicked smart. So, what is your score prediction then? Free haircuts. <laughs> Free nothing. Yeah. We're like kill. it. I'm, I'm ambitious. I like it. I, I want more than anything just to just pop that zit and crush them. So. Uh. I'm not feeling too confident off of last week's, uh, put it nicely, beating, I'd say. Uh, I'm saying 2-2. Piatti begging a brace, and we'll have uh, Morris and Dempsey with our goals. I like that. Very high scoring. I'm just going low, I guess. Good for the fans. (laughs) Not to be contrarian. But I, I could see a draw. I could see like one one. I'm not six six. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think that's gonna happen. No. I'm thinking uh, we're gonna after the S two and we're gonna come out of the gate pretty hot. I think it's gonna be two one by the end of the first half, and we're not gonna see another goal the entire second half. Okay. That's, I, that's my prediction. Two one Sounders. Two one Sounders. We're gonna be on carpet, which is right in our wheelhouse. Dempsey. Dempsey with the first goal, Morris with the second goal. There we go. Man, I'm going to be the naysayer on this podcast. I can already tell. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. We need a contrarian. A I'm not player. trying to be contrarian. We need a Simon Borg. We need a negative Nelly. Don't you? That's a curse word in my <laughs> house, Simon <laughs> Borg. So, so, no, well, yeah, so you, what Nelly. is your... Uh, oh, well, uh, I mean... I'm, I'm honestly trying to be middle of the road. Uh, I still see this team kind of coming together. Uh, I honestly thought it would be one-one in Houston. I just we didn't we didn't play the first 45 minutes, which is fine. Uh, we're still kind of coming together on both sides, uh, offensive defense. It's really tough to win on the road in the MLS, and we have to travel to Houston and to Montreal. Uh, we are much we're middle of the the league youth-wise, so we're not. These super old yeah, legs coming oldest, in. Oldest team in the, in the, in the league, like we were mid-season last mm-hmm. year. Yeah, so. it, I just don't expect them to come out firing. Uh, now, maybe they get amped up Fair by enough. a full stadium. Are they in CCL this year? No. They, they, Not the they, Sounders. Don't look at me no. like that. Dude. I know, I know they lost to Club America last year, right? Or was it two years ago? Two years ago. Okay. Which was a great series. Well, it's easy for Canadian teams. They just got to play each other. You got like a 60% chance of getting in. I've always had an interesting problem with CCL, other than like the scheduling, but it seems like the U.S. or the MLS, um, I just called it the MLS, it's terrible. Uh, MLS sends, they don't always send literally the top four teams, like where you see like in UEFA Champions League, are the actual top four teams, top two of each league. Here it's kind of semi-arbitrary based on whatever competitions you Because win. we have playoffs. And it's not just a, a Yeah, table. if you just went down the supporter shield, you're going to get the top That's teams. the tiebreaker. I mean, if you look at, the, you basically take MLS and then subtract the Canadian teams, and that's what, you know, the, the that's what CCL berths are going to be. I mean, if you look at us, you know, we, we won the championship, and then Dallas had the Open Cup, and Dallas had the Shield, so they're going to kick out one of those, and we're just going to have to go through the... Uh, 
they're at Toronto won the Eastern Conference, so they don't get a berth unless they won their Canadian Championship. So you just go through the, the and their top the four. Shield. Their top four. I mean, I don't think anyone would disagree against that. No. Unfortunately, they don't. They're not in CCL. So it's just going to go to the table, and that, that'll just make it. Just do it every year. That's why I say it's unfortunate. But um, yeah, I. I just uh, we'll, it's wait and see it's it's early I, I can't really take away outside of results uh, to too much of a grain of salt other than actually looking at individual performances right now that's why I try to stay like middle of the road on this uh, and you know if we were going into Minnesota next week I would say 4 nothing. Yeah. yes <laughs> I just want to win I want to win 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 no matter what and we do it's going to be an absolutely glorious season so uh, we would definitely like to thank uh, everybody who's listening so far. We'd like to thank Gordon and Purdy's, who's providing the amazing background music this evening. Uh, Gordon Purdy's is a lovely uh, public house uh, right off of 410 as you head out towards Yakima. Uh, this is a South Sound podcast. <laughs> it's not in Yakima. <laughs> it's not in Yakima, but it's very near Yakima. It's about two hours away from Yakima. Uh, towards Chinook Pass, which... Uh, is headed towards Mount Rainier, which is definitely in Pierce County, which is absolutely part of the South Sound. So that's the connection. Uh, we're here in lovely Bonnie Lake, Washington, uh, and you are listening to the Flounders B Team Podcast. Thank you so much for your time. Once again, thank you for listening to this pilot episode of the Flounders B-Team Podcast. We look forward to bringing you a weekly offering of insights and perspectives from the south end of the Puget Sound that you won't hear anywhere else in soccer radio. We'd like to give a shout out to at the Peel 5 who eerily predicted the outcome of the Houston match 2-1. For that prediction, head on over to floundersbteam.com and check out the teaser episode. And, of course, follow at the Peel 5 on Twitter for all the best Dynamo hot takes. If you have a story that you'd like to hear or tell, this show is ultimately about you. Feel free to reach out. Follow or message us on Twitter at Flounders B Team, or just shoot me an email. I'm Steve Kettleson, and I'm at podfish at gmail.com with more info. Fair use clips used in today's show include Horse Outside by the Rump- Rubber Bandits, Quebec Gang by Nordique, and apologies, of course, to Mike Post and Pete Carpenter, composers of the A-Team theme. Look for us on iTunes and let us know when you see us in the catalog. We're brand new. Or subscribe directly with your podcatcher or podcast app. Visit floundersbteam.com and click on podcast feed for more details. That's it for this week's Flounders B-Team podcast. Our heroes will return soon. Until then, stay safe, Cascadia. And remember, next time you think that goal is open all alone, he'll give you that whole fingertip save he's so hot. You'll never take that spot. He's Mr. Steal Your Goal. Thank you.